This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 275. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On this episode we continue our look through the Vinegar Syndrome Forgotten Jally box sets. We are still on box set number two but we are just crossing that halfway mark in the collection. Overall, disc number five. This is the French Sex Murders. I'll be joined by my good buddy Dave Parker after the first break to sit down and get busy with the fizzy, which is a joke, a reference to an obsolete bit of tech which used to allow you to make your own fizzy soda, which, I mean, yeah, it's a weird, obscure reference to draw, which is completely unrelated to the movie. Sometimes your train of thought is a terrible thing because it will derail yourself and I've managed to do that. Let's continue on, shall we? Let's focus. We're in a brand new week of podcasts under the stairs content for you. And by God, is it a good week to be a podcast under the stairs listener. We are coming at you today with the Forgotten Jelly box set. We are coming at you on Thursday with Movie Club for listener reviews of our third instalment the four-part series on David Cronenberg. You need to get your existence reviews into me no later than Wednesday this week for them to appear on that Thursday episode. On Saturday, I'll be joined by relative newcomer to podcast Under the Stairs. I say relative newcomer. She submitted new kind of reviews in for movies for Movie Club and done some stuff over in the Teapots Collective for where to begin with but she has a brand new podcast coming out herself and will be on the summer series a long time listener Kate Pollock will be joining me to discuss Horns from 2013 that episode will be dropping for you on Saturday and then on Sunday 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 we continue into that 88 films slasher classic series this number 42 motherfuckers that is what is in line for you on Sunday, 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 on the Teapots Collective. Oh, I'm spoiling you. You're getting some doing the nasty. We continue our look through the Section 3 movies of the Video Nasty list. So we're saying the Teapots Collective yesterday, we dropped a brand new episode of Opera Omnia. You can go and check out me and Bo talking about the game from 1997 by David Fincher. So that's available and... Friday last week, I dropped a brand new episode of Jaws of Shite and other regrettable outbursts, drunken bants and awkward stories, a hoy and a plenty on that episode, so please go and check that one out as well. Okay, ladies and gents, we're going to take a short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for The French Sex Murders. When we return, myself and Dave are discussing that movie right after this. Hello, this is The Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. 
That's got to go. <laughs> That's got to go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Prego, accomodatevi. Le ragazze sono tutte di là e vi stanno aspettando. Devi essere mia. Solo mia. Ecco, ispettore. L'abbiamo trovata come l'avete vista poco fa. Mistral, farla portare alla morgue. Subito, ispettore. Siete voi i colpevoli. È solo per colpa delle vostre false deposizioni che mi trovo qui. Tornerò dalla tomba e vi ucciderò tutti quanti! Pourquoi tu restes à boire Elle ne viendra plus. Io non sono mai stato convinto della sua colpevolezza e neanche di tutte le vostre deposizioni. Antoine Gottvales promette di ritornare dall'aldilà. Moriranno di morte violenta tutti i responsabili della sua condanna. E tu? Non ti preoccupi, sei sulla lista. un caso interessante, senza precedenti per quello che ne so io. Ecco perché lo sto scrivendo, ne sono rimasto affascinato. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So, yeah, you're joining us again as we trawl through Vinegar Syndrome's forgotten jelly box sets. We're on the second box set. This is technically movie number five, uh, but the second movie in the second box set, and we are looking at the French sex murders from 1972. Joining me, as always throughout this season, is my good buddy Dave Parker. How's it going, sir? I'm okay. I'm lying. 
<laughs> Which is like the best kind of <laughs> two steps away from that Simpsons meme where the grandpa's just like, old man yells at Cloud. Um, no, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Except it was kind of nice today, so I won't yell at the cloud. I'll yell at like the grass or something. Yeah, or the leaves I didn't rake up when I should have. <laughs> Carry over leaves from the fall. Yeah, just just yell. I, th- I think I think yelling is good for you. Uh, we, we're dealing with the French sex murders now. We read this, and I'm going to go back through it in a second, but we did read this before, and like I'll be honest with you, I was kind of giddy, because there was a couple of things on here that I was like, I, I mean, it sounds ludicrous, kind of want to see how it's handled, and I will say right now, it was about as well handled as my brain thought it might be, which did my heart really good. This movie, um, according to Vinegar Syndrome, the years of details, says following the brutal death of a prostitute at an exclusive Parisian brothel, grizzled Inspector Fontaine is brought in to investigate. After implicating Anton, I think that's how well, once again I can't remember, uh, a petty thief and regular client of the murdered woman, Fontaine believes he's closed the case. Case closed. However... Case closed. Adam yeah. West. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> case closed. <laughs> <laughs> However, Anton makes a daring attempt to escape custody, only to get decapitated in the process, which was going to happen to him anyway, we'll get back to it. Um, after which his eyes were given over to a strange professor, Waldmar, uh, for study. And that does happen, and we're going to get to that as well. But soon enough, those affiliated with implicating him begin to meet their own violent ends. Has Anton's vengeful spirit returned to kill those who he believes responsible for his own gruesome fate? Or has another, yet more sinister character been behind these diabolical murders from the very beginning? Vinegar Syndrome will tell you that it's the sublimely trashy Jello, produced by Dick Randall, who did Don't Open Till Christmas, and helmed by career assistant director Fernando Meringue, I think I say pronounce it back once again, uh, as F.L. Morris. The French sex murders constantly straddles the line between a clever murder mystery oh, I don't know about that, <laughs> and a distinctly <laughs> 70s sleaze, sleaze fest. Chock full of gore and nudity, starring Humphrey Bogart looking like oh, uh, Robert Sacchi. The film was briefly retitled Call Girls for Inspector Bogart, alongside Eurosleaze Howard, uh, favourites Howard Vernon of awful Dr. Orloff and many other um, Jess Franco movies. Rosabella Neri of The Devil's Wedding Night, Barbara Boucher of Don't Touch a Duckling, and Anita Ekbert of Killer Nun. Vinegar Syndrome is proud to present the world blurry debut of this cult favourite, newly restored from the original 35mm camera uh, camera negative. Um, um, I mean, I, I will say this, I got the killer, I don't often boast about this, uh, I got the killer about, well, I got the, who I suspected was the killer, about mm, seven, eight minutes into this movie. And Did then, you take my advice this time? Because I'm sure I, I pointed out that guy as, you, oh, sorry, as you, the killer. Because, you know, you, you know me. You did, and you got a... <laughs> Broken clock is right twice, to, two times a day, right? Two times a day, and this is one of them, so you'll be right in the next one as well. Uh, yes, but it wasn't even that, it was, like, you introduced two characters in what looked like bedsheets, to be fair. Um, like, cloaks coming into your establishment, and then... 
we're going to have the misdirect of, well, she's dead and someone must have done it, I'm instantly going to think it's one of the people in the cloaks, right? That was my first inkling. So I was right. And it took me about another 20 minutes to go, right, this character is far too insanely goofy. It looks like he could be, like, I don't know, like a mad scientist professor from a like a Corman era poll movie. <laughs> like he's like, he... it, also, it also took me about 25 minutes to get online and buy my own cloak so I can frequent <laughs> porno places and prostitutes because that is a genius idea. I can't, can I... you imagine going in like a video store back in the day and running pornos <laughs> in that cloak? Because you gave me one of me notice. I would, uh, I would like to rent Primate of the Apes, please. Um, is that is that possible? Is that on a Primate of the Apes? The cloak is more brightly colored than the tapes, because those tapes are always like bright red. Oh, God, yeah. Shit. Just to point out that you were a fucking pervert. Yeah, pervert. Like, a lot, guys. You got to make this bright red. Yep. You, that's, like, I worked in a video store, and that would be the point where you might want to make an announcement over the store to see if someone had another copy of, you know, just to, just to fuck everyone over. Not the video store that I worked in in the country that I live in, uh, you, you, we only had softcore porn we didn't have, have any of that like, yeah the, like the hardcore stuff was sold in sex shops so you have to go to a sex shop for that you need so, a bigger cloak for that one uh yeah like i, I remember what like I, I, I'll, I'll be honest i haven't been i mean have not been in many sex shops uh, but did go in with a friend once uh for more support and as soon as i walked in i like my skin crawled <laughs> i just like everyone's judging me and what do they got the judge? They're in there too. Like, yeah. That guy went over to the anal section. I'm sticking to feet. What a pervert. <laughs> this movie is... I, I think... This movie is, in some respects, it is weirdly kind of cookie cutter. And in other respects, it's so off the wall. The, the eyeball thing was was like a flashback to the first one we watched where I was like, are they going to do something with the eyes? Like, I don't... And it still never comes to fruition with the eyeballs. It's like, was there something? Or was there just bullshit? I, I, it literally doesn't out with the, the guy seems to think that the eyeball is communicating to him. At least that's what he says at the end, but he's, he's, he's mental. So, you know, he's like a complete head case. So maybe I, I, I don't know I, there's a couple of things I really enjoyed about it though I, like let, let me go with one of the big negatives for me there's about it's about 35 minutes before we get the decapitation of the the criminal right so it's about 35 minutes in this movie before he meets his gruesome end and he and he's a piece of shit like he's I don't a horrible character like he's I absolutely... hate him so much he beats the shit out of, uh, of a prostitute like and he keeps calling her a whore which is repeated over and yeah. over and over again while he because just... he won't she won't love him and mm -hmm. then on top of that he goes and runs away to his ex-wife to ask for help it's like you couldn't be any shittier like I don't even if you're not guilty you yeah. still deserve to die like yeah. in, a, in a giallo you should be dead already yeah you, you should be 35 minutes for this before and and then I think it's about another 10-15 minutes before the killing really starts to kick off and that to me feels like a lot of time being wasted on the setup like to me the, the best jallos are the ones that get all that stuff done out of the way really quickly or the killings start really quickly and as the movie unfolds we learn more details about the backstory of the killer so I, I kind of felt that was a bit of a distraction and um, I love the the death sequences in this so where they do it's like the same footage used to someone getting stabbed over and over again but they just change the color <laughs> so good you had to watch it six times yeah. and in five different colors right 
<laughs> like you didn't like that, and now we're gonna make up for it again yep. and again, again. This time in red and yep. yellow. How about, it's like, how about the purple? Do you like the purple? Um, it really, it, like the 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 way, like that to me shows that like someone thinks they're being a bit more stylish than they are, or they're maybe just having fun with it. And either way, I, I'd like it put a smile on my face. That be- I mean, nobody's more stylish than Dick Randall, right? I mean, how many ways can you chop off a Santa Claus dick, right? Yeah, I, I mean, can you count them? <laughs> too many, too many. Look at all these chopped off penises. Um, the, the, the other thing that I thought was kind of strange, um, and we're going to get into it, is once again, this is another, like, <laughs> that Humphrey Borgart lookalike cop, uh, Inspector Fontaine, is really useless in this movie. I mean, like, really... And he's douchey. He t- like, there's a bit where he says, like, when, when it's revealed that um, Ant- Ant- Anton, or whatever his name is, might, you know, possibly was framed. And he's like, yeah, I knew something was suspicious. I had We had too much evidence. And I'm like... It's just... What? It's never a good idea. Like that makes, yeah, you're right. That makes the complete antithesis of what a cop should do. It's like, it was, you couldn't be guilty. He was too guilty. <laughs> There's too much stuff for you pointing to this guy. It couldn't have been him. I mean, the thing is, like, I just can't understand why they ever basically hire impersonators to be in films. Like, yeah. that's like kind of a gimmick of just like being there on the spot and seeing like a fake Frank Sinatra or something. Yeah. The idea that they're actually starring in a movie is, is I don't know, it becomes almost embarrassing. It, it's like you just keep shaking your head and laughing. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's one of those things that becomes a, a massive distraction whenever he's on the screen. And plus, like, in, in the Bogart movies, Bogart was the hero. And in this yeah. movie, this guy's not very good at his job. <laughs> no, I mean, Bogart had like a uh, real witty dialogue mm-hmm. where it was very funny yep. and it was back and forth. And usually he was being picked on or, or messed with yep. and he came back with the sayings, you know, the quips or yep. make them look stupid. This guy is the aggressor and he'll be like, hey, asshole. And he'll just go over there and just <laughs> he's not cool. He's not cool. And he's like five foot two. I, feel, <laughs> I don't know if he's that short. I feel like his stature is very small. Like he didn't like fill the screen up at all. Yeah, like I think that fake Bogart would catch an elbow. Yeah, I also also feel like he could not take the the kind of the ring coat off at any point because that's part of the gimmick. Like if he took the ring coat off at all, he would look less like Bogart. So did it even rain in this movie? <laughs> no, not once. <laughs> Dude, this movie has the most realistic suicide since Antichrist, nineteen seventy four. I was like. So we just using shadows then. Like yeah, I mean it's two steps away from from a, a oh um oh the city city of the living dead where they run at the screen at the end and it just cracks. Um, you know, it's like fucking um, what's the one? Eaten alive? Is eaten alive the one or zombie holocaust where the fucking guy jumps out of the window his arm falls? His arm falls. <laughs> That's actually better. This is worse than a dummy death. This is, um, I don't know what they did. They did like a, um, a dissolve over the camera and just like shoot through a shadow over it, made it come towards the camera with the, um, what was the uh, famous thing in the background? Um, the Eiffel Tower. The, yeah, the Eiffel Tower was yeah. in the background. It's like, so you know where it's at too, yeah. just in case you forgot. Yeah, like, and I, I mean, it's a different time. Having been to the Eiffel Tower, um, you can't just like, like, you just don't run on it being chased by cops. No? <laughs> no, I hate to burst it. I thought he was fucking Quasimodo or some but, shit. But then again, if I'm throwing shade like that, I need to throw shade at James Bond as well, like in a view to a kill. You can't just 
jump off with a parachute from Eiffel Tower without permission. Just saying. Sure you can. You'll just die. <laughs> you're not gonna live. You're not James Bond. You're gonna be dead. It's, it's such a weird thing to do for for not like I said, but the suicide thing kind of you know I can live with that as an ending to the you know this movie. But it's such a weird. They could have easily done like him jumping off from with a certain camera angle and then just filming him on the ground dead. I mean that to me take that transition bit in the middle out altogether because it adds yeah. nothing except once again unnecessary distraction. Um, to, to bring it to a close, I, like, and even, this is the other thing, like, I got the ending, right, so like, this one's a, a more definitive ending than some of the other ones where we're like, but yeah. maybe, this one is like, clearly, he, he, he lays out his motive, his motive is stupid, it is like, yeah. really fucking bad, and it doesn't really, like, one day he decided that, you know, he, he was in love with his daughter, like, I, like, how is this not manifested before? For the, because he saw a prostitute that kind of looked like her. She didn't really. Um, like, overall, it kind of she had blonde hair. <laughs> close enough to a crazy person, but uh, they can't be picky. But um, the killer made one fatal mistake, or he mm. probably would have never been charged with murder in the first case. Mm-hmm. Well, he strangled the prostitute when she was still wearing a bra. Did he not learn anything from Italian law? They have to be shirtless, and it's not a crime. It's not a crime if you can see the nipples. That's yeah. that is true. That's true. As as written in, in statute. One thing Alberto Lenzi understood. <laughs> he understood it really, really, really well. That and <laughs> face zooms like that. He like if a face zoom happens, if a face zoom happens in the movie and no one sees it, does it still happen? That's... I don't think so. But this, <laughs> this one is is pretty sleazy for sure. Totally think... sleazy. <laughs> I think the sleaziest ones are probably stripped nude for your killer. Mm-hmm. Once I think back, the ones that I've seen, but because it has that goofy flair to it. But there's also real sleazy ones that are serious. Like, what have you done to Solange? Where it's oh, like, yeah. this is really just bothersome and not fun and stripped nude for your killer fashion. This one leads more on the goofy fun side. And they had to incorporate some sort of incestuous shit at the end where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, the motives are incest. He's rich. And it's just like these deep, dark secrets or anything like that. They always have them in these jollos. People always have these dark secrets. Um, there's a bunch of familiar faces in here. Anita Eckberg, she's basically playing the role of like the lead madam, and yes. she's good in it. I mean, it, it, after seeing her in like Killer Nun and shit, you're just like, yeah, she can play this definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the bald guy, the bald writer, I, I put in quotations, writer, um, mm-hmm. aka just a pervert who's like, I want to write about the living, like the prostitutes. He's just like, come on now, that's not what you're doing here. Um, you got some grant, and you're just wasting it on sex. Um, I don't blame you, but that guy I immediately recognized from um, one of the weirdest Gialli I've ever seen called Death Laid an Egg. Have you ever seen that yeah, one? Yeah, I've, I've got it, yeah. Uh, I've got Weird, the, isn't it? It's very strange. I've got that, and then... Oh, a... I can't remember what the other there's one is. There's also Death Occurred at Midnight. It's not that one. I've got two... Uh, there's a, a label over in the UK put out the two blurries um, of these two jowls and uh, that was one of them and I, I'd i heard of it but never seen it and um, I remember sitting there watching it when it finished and I was like uh that I mean, it's, it's strange it's really early jolly yeah. it's like 68 shit but I remember that guy most definitely because he's like the weirdo that shows up and he's friends with the other guy yeah. and his memory's lost or something like that <laughs> what, did you, what, what did you think of I suppose I suppose we should lead into it a little bit. What did you think of like in terms of the inv- 
the involvement or setup of the eye scientist is what I'm going to call him. <laughs> um, who just becomes like, there's that weird scene where he just meets them all at the graveyard and then just starts talking as if he too is an intrinsic member of solving this crime. And like, yeah, gave he starts you... like, laying out who's going to die and shit. It's just like, yeah, it's pretty obvious right there. Well, yeah, like he does that. And it, what, what I love about it is it takes, what, 15, 20 minutes for our Bogart lookalike to go, wait one second, and recall the conversation they had and go, this guy's, wait a second. It's just, it, to me, I don't know. Like, there's a, there's a part of me that feels like there's lots of little bits and bobs. The thing about it is it's a fun movie, right? I, I genuinely had a lot of fun with this movie. But, you know, it's not... A, someone asked on the Facebook page, actually, a comment off the back of our previous episode where they were talking about you know, vinegar syndrome is apparently taking a bit of shit because some people are going, well, they're hardly forgotten, Jally. And that to me is always a double-edged sword. If you've never seen something before or heard of it before, does that mean it's obscure? Or does it just mean you've never got around to it yet? And I think, like, they can call it whatever they want. You know what I mean? Like, to someone out there, this is a Jallo that, you know, hasn't been seen or, you know, you know, you've never heard of it before. But on the flip side of that as well, just the term forgotten, though, I think is a is the important caveat here because I think when you talk to people and ask them, right, give me your top 10 Jallos, I don't think any of the ones we've seen thus far appear in that list. So to me... My dear killer. Yeah, yeah I'd have really, really, really liked that. Um, but you know what I mean? It, it, to me, that that's the whole point. It's like raising... The, it's raising the, the status for good or for bad on movies that maybe don't come into the conversation when you're talking about the genre um, and I think French sex murders would pop up but for all the wrong reasons if you know what yeah. I mean I think you would you would reference this one as an example of how maybe the story isn't all that great and how ludicrous things start to get why you shouldn't use a lookalike in your movie um, you know like the, on, on that level I think it's it's one of those and it's not because I disliked it like there's a couple of amazing shots in here there's that one that's probably the most infamous shot of the, of the movie is where they're discovering uh, bodies I think it's towards the end and there's a prostitute who's oh, like lying on the, the chair her top's ripped open her eyes have been weirdly cut round about though but her eyes are wild with the, the red the blood dripping down and it's just this like fucking gruesome shot that I was like I mean this is it's so over the top for the rest of the movie yeah like the first like 30-40 minutes there's not many killings and then like by the last half an hour they're like alright we got like 10 characters left how, how, how many of these guys can we kill before it's over and they kill like 5 people I feel like in the second half they do them more. in doubles yeah they do, which, which kind of shocked me as well like you don't like killers the Jallo killer usually kills one at a time they usually kill two at a time but we've got that and we've got both men and women being killed off which once again I kind of like that you know the indiscriminate nature of the the killer himself, like the because you, you know usually go down one gender in these movies. Um, yeah, I I, quite, I I enjoyed that as well. I thought that was it was an interesting little aspect. But um, yeah, I think it kind of feels like there's a story there, and they've told so much of it. They know their runtime has to be about an hour and a half, so they're like, right, we need to start offing people as quick as possible. Um, but the the, the we have to discuss the decapitation of our thief on the Poor lawn head. <laughs> <He's always> fucking... <laughs> yeah, it looks like a fake wax head 
That's all I could say. <laughs> Not as good or as a uh, as a uh, convincing or cool as the decapitation in My Dear Killer because mm-hmm. that was just absurd. That yeah. actually that scene is so absurd it belongs in this movie. Well, it was funny because we posted it and um, Moods made a comment yeah. saying that he like like the, the opening scene makes him laugh. And like I was right back up and saying I'm the same, and I thought the movie was great, but that opening scene, I was I was about wet myself laughing. I thought it was was hilarious, and you're right. It kind of feels like that scene should be in here. The the ways that he's decapitated because he hits like a construction vehicle was just yeah. looked like I had a giant saw blade on the side of it. It's like a giant well, saw. <laughs> that's what you do in construction. <laughs> On the side of the road where anyone driving through would hit. It's just like the more I thought about it, I thought, this is just the silliest thing. Um, and I mean, there's, there's that the, the futility of, well, you're not going to chop my head off, Mr. Gallows, man. I'm going to escape only it's to have desserts. my head. Yeah, only to have my head chopped off. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's it's got the it's got the international feel when it shows you. The Eiffel Tower, but removing yeah. that, this could have been set fucking anywhere. Anywhere. Absolutely. And they made sure that suicide was yeah. in front of the Eiffel Tower on purpose. In the yeah. opening, and they replay it again because it was so good twice. Yeah. <laughs> Not in different colors this time, though, just the same. Just the same. So, yeah, I mean, there, there was a bit of that where I was like, mm, at least, like, at least, the, you know, your proper Italian jealousy, they have, they have a town or a city or something they're filming, and you get plenty of shots of it because... That's part and parcel of the genre. Um, you don't you don't get that here. Um, some of the some of the kind of bit parts we're talking about are fun. I mean, the acting for the most part is okay. Um, yeah. it, it just it, it feels like there's maybe a a glimmer of a really kind of interesting murder mystery in here, but it never feels like they really get their hands. On it, and they they tend to go with the as you mentioned it yourself. Like it's, it's kind of lazy genre tropes, particularly the idea of the, the the kind of incest aspect, which does appear sadly quite a few times. The psychosis in yeah. a lot of these movies never matches. Like when they're like, he was crazy because of this and this and this. It's always like an afterthought. Well, in comparison to Dario or even Fulci, it feels like legitimate, like in there and hints and it's like complex and all these like catalysts for events while this one's just like why was he killing why not who cares yeah he's a he's a pervert <laughs> he likes his daughter let's just let's roll with it and his name was fucking valdemar or whatever that's oh, the yeah. same I... name as the werewolf that paul nashi plays in all those movies his name is always that so like immediately you're like well yeah that guy's not good look yep. at his fucking name he's not good he's evil and plus it's Howard Vernon that's two strikes. And yep. plus he's a scientist that's three strikes. Yeah. And he just was so like, I didn't even remember who the killer was and I didn't even care. Like this movie I was just watching, I was like, I don't know who the killer is. I don't really give a shit. So when he, came, when he was the killer, I was like, that's about right. Yeah, that, that, it, it, felt right. it felt right. Like once the parts all started to come together, like minus the, the motive, I think that's yeah. like, you, you meant like, I think it's a key thing as well. I think if you're going to show a character snapping like, because this guy's he's obviously, he's getting on in, in his, his, you know, in his life. He's like an older guy. And there's no signs of it before. Whereas in, if you watch something like Tenebrae, which is always a great example for this, if you watch Tenebrae, there's that cause and effect, there's that triggering element. And then, you know, in that movie, you then see flashbacks as to what happens. And he has an opening too. 
he realizes he has an opening to do what he wants. Exactly, and that's what kind of makes... So that feels a lot, it feels satisfying narratively and nice and neat for me. And then I watch this and I'm like that, yeah, this guy's like someone, somewhere should have said, you know, that maybe we shouldn't be handing over cadavers to the creepy weird scientist dude who seems to spend a bit too much fawning over his daughter. Um, I just like, I don't know, there's, there was, it felt, it felt a bit lazy in parts. It felt very kind of sleazy, but not egregiously sleazy, just kind of... Oh, kind of sigh sleazy there was a pretty graphic sex scene and then, and then in the opening too kind of surprised me because the lead guy I don't, the lead you guy in the beginning the, yeah. yeah and he was trying to cover it up like he moved and like pulled the blanket in front yeah. of it yeah. but then like two seconds later he moves really head. quick and like dicks there I'm like yeah. oh he did not want you to see his dick like no. <laughs> I, said, I watched this on a uh, on a fucking 85 inch screen I just got and it was like a 4k so I'm watching it and I'm like you know what they didn't expect me to see all that in 4K. Yeah. I know it's a AW, but like just the, all that like quality. You're like, yeah, I'm not supposed to see all that. It's like the first time you watch the the PC's 4K and you're like, you can see his dick in the shadow. I can, I can, I can make out his. Like, I, I, I mean, Paul. I don't give a shit. But you I'm can tell like you. the actors are like all worried about it because yeah. they don't want to show it because like, man, this is a fucking X if my my dick's hanging out swinging yeah. in the wind. <laughs> But it was just funny because his arm was on the pillow and blanket and like he moved it. He does he does over. very quickly move it. He's like, where's the camera? Right, I'll move it here. And then he moves again. I'm like, yeah, if it's it's not attached to you, if you move, you have to move it with you. Otherwise, you're back to where you were before. You silly Japan's strange Japan's got the right idea, right? Japan's just like, blur everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just put a big blur mark over it. Um, and that's, that's how you, you ask the penis permission to film it. And if it says no, then it just gets blurred out. <laughs> <laughs> Can't use it. Um, Can't. Yeah, I, I mean, once again, I think to me, I'm back in a familiar kind of quandary that I've, I've hit with some of these movies. In that, in principle, it's not a bad movie. It just has elements that just feel kind of sloppy and kind of lazy. And I don't know if it's because I, I mean, I've watched a lot of Jalo movies now, and this is not the worst of them. It's not the best of them. Um, it's just, and it's not even towards the middle. It's probably on the lower, the lower yeah. end. But it's, it's still, there's still so much in here to keep you entertained. <clears throat> it's, it's difficult not to be, like, it was an hour and a half that flew in for me. That's how, like, I, I, like when he, when the guy dies by decapitation, I was like, that. How far are we in? And I clicked the button, and you're just like thirty-five minutes. I'm like that. Well, we have like fifty-five minutes left. Up to that point, there's plenty of things going in it. You know, the case goes on. It's nonsense. But it entertained me for the, the, the full hour and a half of its runtime. So, I, I mean, it's not going to score towards the high end of some of the other ones. But I I, I couldn't say I disliked this movie. Well, but, well you no, kind of think in final thoughts. Yeah, I'm thinking around, you know, it, it's fine. Like, I enjoyed it. This is the second. This is a rewatch. I didn't remember much from the beginning, though, mm-hmm. from when I saw it. Like, I saw it so long ago, over 10 years ago, probably. So I didn't remember shit. I just remembered the bad Humphrey Bogart guy, and that was about it. I didn't remember any of the actors in it, anybody. So I, I'm fine with it. I do think it's funny that, like, the one helper is like, he's like, I saw the eye move. I saw the eye move. And then, like. <laughs> He turns out to be pretty fine, and then the guy who's like that eye did move is the guy who's like the eyes, the eyes. You're like, was that like what? <laughs> I love the fact that when he commits suicide as well, the camera feels the need 
to pan down and show you that Eyeball's been carrying his pocket, which has meant nothing to the movie. <laughs> Who's I? Was that the guy who killed himself? I or I have no idea. I met the guy in the motorcycle accident, right? Did or was that the girl? To, I thought it was supposed to be the motorcycle accident guy, but we saw him cut into it earlier on, so. I'm I'm not sure. All I know is the camera pans on it as if this has been a vital part of the movie all along. Yeah, like, and, and it's like, was the eye the catalyst? But it couldn't have been because he already killed the first prostitute. He's already killed the first prostitute by then. He, he claimed maybe it was her eye. Was her eye even cut out though? I don't think it was. No, no, her eyes were fine. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Like they want you to be like, the, he, he killed that one, the prostitute, and then he got killed in the motorcycle accident, and then the eye fucking somehow transferred the power of evil into him, but we know that's not what happened, because we've seen the Flash. Yeah, well, that was the last thing. If we're going to talk about inconsistencies in films as well, the whole him confronting the prostitute and then murdering the prostitute takes about four and a half minutes when that guy leaves to leave the brothel at the beginning of this movie, it takes less than a minute for the other dude to go upstairs to make sure she's okay. I got, I got to steal a line from you. Time is a flat circle, right? <laughs> time is a flat. Time yeah, is a flat circle. Time. <laughs> time is a flat circle. It's just like one of those things where I was like, this scene is going on way too fucking long. Well, if this I don't is know if you. If you ever like went to strangle a prostitute who reminded you of your very sexy daughter that you're in love with, but time almost stops, I guess. <laughs> like that's the reasoning, I guess, behind the movie. But by then, like people aren't going to be like, you know, I was really going to give this a perfect score, but that time inconsistency yeah. really bugs me. Yeah, but, I mean, we should. But also Dick Randall's name being attached to it. Dick Randall produced the Sinful Dork, didn't he? And like oh, he yeah. said, don't open till Christmas and pieces, pieces too, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he's a Sherlock kind of meister. Like mm -hmm. he makes Dino De Laurentiis look classy. <laughs> um, and I love Dino De Laurentiis. His movies are fucking awesome. And half of them are like perfect, and half of them are like great Sherlock fest too. Mm -hmm. But his his name, Dick Randall, is like I think he produced those latter day Fu Manchu movies with Christopher Lee too. I think he's he's, he's a guy who's has got an hour. Towers. He needs those like, two guys. Like Dick I can't Randall, remember if it's Howard or Randall. They're the same to me. Yeah, like Dick Randall, like needs like a documentary or something. Like you get like get on these these Blu-rays. Someone needs to do a deep dive on him. He's a weird. Like, his his name appears like all of it. Dick Randall himself sounds like he could be a character that Humphrey Bogart played once. He does sound like like a private investigator. You know what I mean? Or he sounds like an old guy that you ask to invest in your project and he's really cool and he always smells like cigars and you like like him but he always says somewhat like off-color shit that, and then laughs about it but you're like, yeah, hey, yeah, I don't want to say nothing because you're going to give me some money. I'm sure like, like Dick, Dick Randall's behind PCs but then isn't uh, Joe D'Amato also behind PCs under the name Jack Shadow? I'm sure like, I'm sure that's... <laughs> that's the first name ever! I'm sure this is like... I don't know like, Jack Shadow. I, don't, I think that's an alter ego. Why? I... We just got a, I got a feeling about it. I'm sure. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's not a made-up fact. I'm. I'm sure, like, because I, I, it was for a time period. I still, I, I love PCs, but there was a part for a time that I was like marginally obsessed with that movie, and uh, it was one of the weird little facts that come out where I was just like, if you're going to go under a pseudonym, like, well, they, we've got here, like, the director here goes under the pseudonym F. L. Morris. That to me, right? I hear that. I'm like that. Right, that's fine. Um, because they yeah. don't want to go under his other name, and I, I understand that. Like, there, there is a thing as well where, like, 
you know, depending on what you're doing, depending on what you're, you know, if you're a writer, you're not supposed to direct, and there can be miscommunications there, and then different territories, and then financing, and then the fact that if you have an Italian name, sometimes that can detrimentally affect movies if they're opening uh, for the first time in France. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. You know, so I understand that, but Jack Shadow? <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm not seeing a Jack Shadow movie. <laughs> Jack Shadow is the name of, like, uh, alter ego of a superhero. Of course it is. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it literally sounds like Dark Man's alter ego name. Like, I'm Jack Shadow. Yeah, it's like and he's Dark. Man. You know, like Dick, Dick Randall sounds like a private investigator from the fifties, and the criminal like yeah. he's trying to take down this Jack Shadow. I mean, it like it's so it's all coming full circle. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's, this movie, this movie's fine for what it is. You know what we do here? It's a, a grade one through five. One is hated it. Two is didn't like it. Three is liked it. Four is really liked it. Five is loved it. It's a three for me. I liked it. I, I can't give it any more. I think realistically, if I was going on a bit more critical grade, I'd probably come in somewhere between a two and a two and a half. But I, you know, I do it on. I do it based on a feeling, and I like. I don't know how quick I will ever rush to watch this movie again, if I'm honest. And the other ones in the box sets that we've done thus far, I know for a fact I could pair them up with something and happily sit down and watch. I would, you know, it's not that I would struggle to watch it again, it's just I feel like I've mined everything out of it. Um, and the only time I would ever watch it again is if I needed to make sure I had to reference something back to it. You know, I like had I formalised an opinion on something. I was like, kind of reminds me of this, I'm going to go back and check that to see if that's right. But yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the level that I'm coming in. What about yourself? Um, what, what are you thinking, Dave? I gave it a three and a half on Letterbox, but I just don't know. I was feeling generous. It, it's a low three and a half, yeah. if that makes any sense, mm -hmm. right between that. So, and my dear killer would be a high three and a half, but I don't really feel comfortable rating this a three and a half when we. <laughs> it's just I have more on twenty two shots. I'd be like six and a half, but it's really like a six. Let's go three. We'll go yeah. three. Nice. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine for what it is. Once again, they have yet to put a bad movie in here, but we have one movie still left to go in this box set. Um, and uh, for, for those out there that don't follow me on Facebook, box set three arrived from Vinegar Syndrome, who posted it three days before it arrived in Scotland, which means they might have the most reliable, quickest postage from the US to Scotland of any company, and that's including Amazon. <laughs> like, like yeah, nothing... I like three days because it's postmarked so it, it, took, it took it three days I was sorry two because it was the third day on the third day it arrived uh, in pristine condition because they pack their stuff right as well so um, so the, the next box set is here so we are good to go but we have one more movie to discuss in this box set and it is The Girl in Room 2A the dates on the website say after being released from prison a young woman named Margaret goes to stay at a halfway house for female ex-cons run by the kindly Mrs Grant it's not long before Margaret begins experiencing strange happenings in the old house, such as a recurring red stain on the floor. And worse, she begins to be played by visions of a young woman being tortured and murdered by a mysterious figure in a red hood. But things take an, all this, but things take an even more unsettling turn. She's already seen things. And like a red stain appears and does go, but things are about to get more unsettling. Uh, but things take an even more unsettling turn when she befriends Charlie, who is searching for his sister, who has disappeared after staying in Mrs. Grant's house. 
a bizarre giallo directed by American exploitation filmmaker William L. Rose, who directed Rent-A-Girl, and produced by globe-trotting sleaze impressionado Dick Randall, that's right, uh, The Girl in Room 2E, or House of Fear in Italian, plays like an Italian... An Italian, sorry, plays like an American ruffy that's been dressed up as a murder mystery. Chock hmm. full of surprising brutal torture sequences, which are juxtaposed with classic spook, show, horror antics, the film stars some of Italy's cult movie stalwarts, headlined by Daniela Giordano of Bloody Friday, Rosabella Neri of Lady Frankenstein, she's in everything, uh, Ralph Vallone of The Godfather Part 3, Karen Schubert of, uh, of Christina. Vinegar Syndrome is pleased to present The Girl in Room 2A in a brand new 2K restoration from its original 35 camera negative and its longest and most complete version ever presented on disc. So am I right in saying this is the one that you hadn't seen? I saw part of it. Right. I, I never saw My Dear Killer. I saw part of this years ago on the Mondo Macabro DVD, but right. for some reason I never finished it. I don't know. Mm, well, we're going to do yeah. it this time. <laughs> it seems... It's hard to follow. I have no choice this time. Yeah, it seems, it, it seems like a, a kind of mishmash. Um, which I'm, once again I'm not against like some of the, some of the more interesting jallos are the ones that really start to stretch the confines of what the genre incorporates. Um, so I'm 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 down for it. Uh, it's certainly this one's seventy four, and we've got an American director. So this it's, it's gonna be strange. And that they said it's a mix with a ruffy. It's just like yeah. I don't know what that's gonna look like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, it's not. It's not particularly long. It's an hour and twenty six minutes. So I like it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, I like it. You have me in. Um, so that's a that's a call that I will take. Um, Dave, you've got stuff you do out there. How can people check out the stuff you're doing? Uh, Mr. Parka YouTube. M R P A R K A. No, just look me up on YouTube or Twenty Two Shots of Moods and Horror. And I'm going to be on the summer series this time. Oh yes, you are <laughs> doing stuff. How's your experience thus far since the, what I will call, shambolic draw? <laughs> it's the worst uh, fucking Sunday ever. Uh, I, got, I got two years and 2017 is stacked. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> You've got to kill your darlings. That's the that's the, that's the the fun of the show. <laughs> I know I'm going to have to watch The Conjuring 2. <laughs> yeah. I just watched The Conjuring 1 and I, it was like on my blind spot and mm -hmm. I know everybody loves it but it just didn't look like something I'd enjoy and I watched it and I didn't really enjoy it so. I think it, I think it starts strong and then it falls into every stereotype that that yeah, genre said, has it's just like it's like the best of 70s ghost and possession movies, but all with all the naughty bits cut out with yeah. all the, the stuff that the boundaries. So it's just like, I don't know, it's like kids bop or some shit. Yeah. And then there's a whole thing about, not, not that I want to appreciate about that movie, but there's that whole thing where, you know, like the Warrens cure it with Jesus. And I'm just like, mm. it feels very propaganda. Like at the end too, with that quote, I was like, uh, okay, that's what we're doing. I, I already recorded the thing, but yeah, I know I'm going to get some hate for it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm with you on that one. There's maybe there's maybe a, a quiet pocket of uh, of horror fans out there that are more in line with your thoughts. Um, and you wait till you get to the second one. The second one is a lot trashier, which will prove more Ooh. entertaining, but is about as factually inaccurate about the Enfield horror um, hauntings ever. Like, as in, in real life, not to burst anyone's bubble that's listening to this, the Warrens were on site for... I think it was less than half a day for a foot op 
And this movie, they're there for like a, a week and a half. They go through every aspect of it. They cured the date. Like, that's not what happened at all. Like, uh, even a little bit. <laughs> they're lucky they got Patrick Wilson. They're fucking lucky he signed on for that movie. He sings he sings an Elvis song, and it's pretty good. Really? I yeah. mean, I really like El- Patrick Wilson. And he was a guy I, I wasn't super familiar with. And then, like, I just started, like, seeing him pop up, like, Bone Tomahawk. And then I watched Hard Candy and mm-hmm. In the Tall Grass. And I'm like, he's the best part of, not, not in Bone Tomahawk, but he's the best part of those other two movies by far. Yeah. He's, well, he's, Ellen Page, or Elliot Page. Yeah. He's, he's, he's genuinely a great actor. Like, if he signs up to do something... Um, I'm pretty much it. I also like uh, Vera Farmingo, but I think she is. Uh, she's like she's had a really interesting career. Like if you check through it, uh, but she's also married to the keyboard player of one of my favorite bands ever. So um, <laughs> there's that as well, uh, which means by proxy I have to like her regardless because she's married. She's not married to, to Rick Wakeman. She's not married to Rick Wakeman. <laughs> That's the only keyboardist I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's like it's such an obscure band as well that it would take too long to explain, like one why I'm fascinated by them and two why like because I, I I was a keyboard player in a band so the fact that he is like I don't know it's a long story and it's just gonna it's gonna be more embarrassing than the two field attempts to draw for this year's summer series so we'll just skip over it uh, but yeah you you'll hear plenty of yourself. Um, on that series and uh, I'm looking forward to it because I think this year we could have some real fights and that the, the prospect to that kind of makes me giddy so that third spot on 2017 is probably going to be the fight mm, mm, I, I may I may have I may have a uh, news on that soon so I'll keep it, uh, well, this is why I like to try and keep the suspense here to keep everyone on their toes. Um, but yeah, there's there's plenty to go up. But yeah, it's it's going to be a brutal series where you're going to have to sit there and look at movies. I've said it before. It's uh, you will be left with the decision of do I put this movie through, which I think is a great movie, but I understand that this movie that wouldn't go through if that one is the better movie, and you have to make that decision. And it's it's all about. It literally, will be you either. You either take the heat and go for the, you know, double down on the one that you really love, or you have to kill your darlings, which a lot of people have to do in the series. And it's always the worst thing ever when that when that realization sets in. And like, I read the message and it's so bummed out, and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, I understand. Like seventy-five percent of the movies I really like, I'm like, this probably isn't for everybody. Probably yeah. shouldn't go through. But there's a couple that like line up with the popularity and your love. So you're like, I'm gonna fight for this one. Yeah, you know, I've said it before. I um, I have my opinions on movies. I will, however, fully entertain an argument as to why someone thinks another movie should go through it, and it has in the past worked. Um, that I have been like, you know what? You've made a compelling case. Let's roll with that. So. Bring your A game, and there's a chance they might go through. That's all I'm going to say about that, and that's all going to be coming to the listeners' ways in July. So keep your eyes peeled for that. End of July, we will kick off the final summer series in this format before it cocoons itself and then reemerges as a even more sinister, beautiful butterfly. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but it'll be something, and it won't be the '60s or a rerun back through the '70s or the '80s. Or all the other ideas that people are throwing at me. None of that. It's gonna be something different. I've spoken. Best anthologies. Yeah, better. I, 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 ooh, that's a ooh. Like you're giving. Wait, we'll speak about this off here. Uh, right, I'm gonna take my final break. When I come back, I'm closing out the show, and I'm doing it right after this. 
You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 275, the next instalment of our Forgotten Jelly Box Set series, looking at the Forgotten Jelly Box Sets from Vinegar Syndrome. This was the French Sex Murders, which officially takes us to the halfway mark of the series because box set three is in my possession next time we will be coming back with the last movie in the second box set for you listeners out there very much looking forward to that for sure thanks again to my guest dave parker go and check out his stuff he is legitimately one of the busiest like when you listen to one of his shows you get all the reviews that man does like an insane amount of movies per episode. It's as dizzying, to say the least, and incredibly daunting. There is a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. That way you get access to the shows as and when they drop, and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. Subscribe to the Teapot's Collective, where you can listen to Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty, and Chronicle. Jump over to our website, where all the shows are homed. That's teaputscast.com. Dot com and over there you'll find the links to Jaws is Shite and other regrettable outbursts. That is the monthly entertainment drunk embarrassing podcast that myself and the Baz and Scott Liam versus Evil do together. Lots of booze, lots of banter, a ton of regret. That's promised on every single episode. You can visit our merch pages, teapotscast.bigcartel.com and then do the Facebook stuff. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast is the podcast under the stairs. You can check out the Teapots Collective on Facebook.com forward slash teapotscast and Jaws's shite and other regrettable outbursts is just Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. Nice and easy. Why not? Reach out and interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at TeaputsCast. The podcast, Under the Stairs, will return for you this Thursday with a little bit of movie club time. It is listener reviews for the third of a four-part series on David Cronenberg. I chose Existence. You have until Wednesday to get your reviews in to make them on that episode. So don't delay, get that movie watched and get your reviews in today. But until then, whatever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.